Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Waiting for Eric to. So, okay. uh, you sound you sound good. I'm just gonna play music. Okay. Thanks. Buddy. Loud and clear. Okay. Cool. Uh, we're going to start here in about a minute. Uh, I just play a little bit of music here, and we're going, because we're live right now. So we're going to play a little music and get going. Sure. No pre-show on this one. All right. We're going to play, uh, get your stuff around. It's a minute, 15 seconds. We're going to go live. to the fourth episode of the Rust Belt Political Podcast. I am Jordan, and I'm joined here, like always, with Ed. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, good. Enjoying the weather, and I know it's going to rain tonight. I'm excited for it because my grass is brown. <laughs> I hate it. Don't, you, don't, you hate, 
Oh, he needs it. And tonight we have a special yeah. guest host. Uh, Ed brought this comment. Tonight's episode, we're bringing back the boys. The boys that started it all. We are joined with our Movie Guys podcast co-host, Eric. How the hell are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, everyone, it's it feels right. We got, we got everybody here. The stars have aligned. Ed, I, I missed you, bud. I miss you, too. I wish I could give you a virtual hug right now. I am giving you a virtual hug right now. Yeah. We are, are not talking about movies, but I'm sure that uh, that'll be for another day in time. There's there there is another show for that. <laughs> there is there is most certainly another show for that. But uh, yeah, well, we, we can get, uh, get all that silly stuff out of the way. We can get down to business with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting down to business with this one. So for everybody who was listening live here for the first time, feel free to comment like always. And if you want to call into the show, you're more welcome to call into the show and hear and give us your opinions. But tonight we're talking about policies with everything the economy. And to give you another insight before we go into the show here, this whole basis is why Ed and I switched political parties. I was a Democrat that switched over to Republican, and Ed was a Republican that switched over to Democrat. Eric, I know we want to get this stuff out of the way, but real quick, just for the people listening, where are you in this kind of spectrum when it comes between Ed and I? Are you more of a libertarian? Are you a Democrat, Republican? Where are you at? So uh, I have always liked to play the field of mystery because I really feel that, that putting a label on it is so abstract now. Uh, the definition that we were taught in school, I feel, is so far and few between than what it actually is today. Um, both parties have taken on, I believe, their words, the tent, right? So that uh, anything that falls underneath uh, kind of if it's not on the line, then it's on their side. You know what I mean? It's there, There's no in-between anymore. They accompany this whole thing. I've considered myself always as a, a moderate, as a, as a centrist, because I believe in a lot of the policies of the right. Uh, I really championed for a lot of the policies on the left, but late, like lately, because of this whole tent policy, I, they both have just really made a mess. Of, of both, I can't say that I am truly either or. If I if you're forcing me into it, uh, then I I would say that maybe I'm a rhino. <laughs> if you don't know what mm-hmm. that means, a Republican yep. name only. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would I would have to do that just because my my I guess fiscally conservative side appeals to me more now as I get older rather than a lot of the social issues that maybe my younger left side would have uh, appealed to. But, um, again, I, I, can you guys, can we establish that common ground too? That it's such, yeah. There's such a huge array of the definitions now that it's like to say that you're one or the other, I don't want to be put in that, that group because it falls in line with everyone else. And I don't like those things. Yeah, you know, there there's a large portion of folks that are our age, essentially, everybody that has to clean up the mess of the baby boomers. So we're classified as millennials, I guess. More and more folks are falling into a similar category in the sense that while their political views may be equally or more in line with either the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party or the Green Party or in Kanye's uh, the birthday party. Um, but 
they're refusing to label themselves. So they, they're essentially registering as independents, if at all. And you, so you're seeing some declines in a lot of ways, or they're registering, registering as a Democrat and then voting how they feel as opposed to straight party lines uh, the way that our grandparents did, which, you know, if, if I remember my grandfather taking me in the ballot back when they were big metal or in the ballot, in the booth, back when they were big metal booths. And he showed me, he goes, look how easy it is to vote. Cause he would hit straight Democrat and pull the lever and that'd be it. And you know, my, my other side of the family is uh, the, was the exact opposite way. So, you know, our, our generation is exactly what you, what, the way you put it. So, you know, I don't want to take away from, from, from any thought process that you might be having, but a lot of folks our age are essentially feeling the way you do because, and I love the fact that this is the perfect show to have you on. I'm not going to try to convince you um, to come to the light side here, um, but uh, this is what you said. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to explain why the systems that our parents have championed are wrong, particularly the fiscal side of it. And why Econ 101, why, why Econ 101 is wrong, why Econ 201 is wrong, why everything we've been taught for, out of economic textbooks are absolutely wrong. All right, so why, yeah, I can't so, wait. So, so, why, uh, so why Ed just said that. Uh, last thing, we'll start the show up here. This is a two-hour live show. We will talk for an hour, and then when we hit the hour mark, uh, we'll do a little two-minute uh, commercial music break here, and then we'll finish out the last two hours. So, Ed, with you saying that, Eric, let's just start right at the bat. Do you have a rebuttal about how Ed said that everything that's currently going on is wrong when it comes to That's the not what I said. I said yeah, what you I said, said the was system. you said the system. What I no, what I said was is everything we've been taught about the about economics is wrong and it's factually inaccurate. And what I said was is that the things that our parents were taught and now champion about the economy was wrong for the same reasons that the things we're taught in Econ 101, all the way from your first economics class in, in high school, if you are lucky enough to have one of those, all the way through the requirements in college, and you know, all the way up through if, you're, if you are lucky enough to have a, a master's degree in, let's say, public administration, the, uh, the, the, all the things that you study uh, to get your master's or your PhD in economics, why they're all wrong. If, uh, Eric, if do you want, want to rebuttal that one? Sure. If you want my retort uh, for, I guess, whatever that may have, have been, uh, I would say that I think our, our biggest divide is not in politics. It's most certainly of age. And the reason why is because this economy is the perfect microscope to look under that. This is a generation, a boomer generation, where they were taught the same dream that we were taught, that our generation was taught. And our generation before us, we were all given the same meal, right? As we were growing up, you follow this track. You go to this school, you go to this church, and after your school, you go here, and after uh, you know college, you go here, and after and we were given the tracks to, to ride on, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it changed most certainly because of this technology that's growing on. They don't know, now this generation, the boomer generation, doesn't know how to react to this 
this new technology as well uh, at the same time this capitalism culture kind of has now grown to such a, a, a monster now you then mm-hmm. have these conglomerates that are able to become the new government I mean mm-hmm. this for, for anyone to say that uh, these politicians have themselves or whoever at their best interest no that's obvious these are lobbyists who are specifically uh, defending probably a group of companies, if not just one on its own. Mm-hmm. So we, we live so we live in a Tom Hagen it? society of of government. We have a very special practice. I have one client. Okay, so how are we going to start this conversation then? <laughs> okay, so so Ed, tell us tell us something about because this was your episode of Patriots, and tell us. What what's on the policy that you want to change? What's going on? So we can have a debate about this. So the number one thing that we see as that were excuse me that were that is spoken about as the best indicators of the economy are unemployment rate and the stock market, which in my view, and I'll be happy to explain in depth why neither of those are actual indicators of the economy the in in this society in which we live now where jobs are gig jobs we live in a gig economy and how uh unemployment is actually measured is not a true barometer of the actual levels of people that are un- unemployed the real term the re- real term we need to be talking about is underemployed and how the stock market is only an indication of how well rich people are doing. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And the reason, and I'll get into more of this in depth, but these are just a couple of pieces, a couple of highlights here. 92% of all stocks in this country are owned by the wealthiest 10% of Americans. So 8% of all stocks are owned by 90% of Americans, right? Or excuse me, I said that bad. I said, yeah, no, I said that right. So you liberals and your cute little words, no, 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 no. The, they're just it's called, not they're, unemployed. They're just, it's this underemployed. No, it's adorable. Continue. Here's here because here's the thing. You continue to you continue to interrupt. You need to understand that the stock that that eight percent is my four hundred one k, your four hundred one k. Eric, your 401k, those of us that have them, because we no longer have pensions, because the 1% has seen to the fact that you no longer have worker protections, or you're, and they want, and you no longer have pensions, um, because you have right to work things. We'll go into this in full detail, but the two major factors that we've been taught to say how well an economy is doing are actually indications of how well the rich people are doing. And that's what they want you to believe is when they're doing well, the economy's doing well, and when, in fact, it's actually truly the opposite. Wow. Um, so I, I made a condescending joke to you. I was making fun of you saying that how, how cute you liberals are with your words. It's not unemployed. It's underemployed. And then again, you know, I can sit there and show you facts that in the middle of Trump's presidency before COVID happened, we had the lowest unemployment rate of all time, and you're going to speak and say that's not true. You got you because just, you, just don't, you, you have to. It's fact. No, it's no, fact. no, no, no. It's fact. Well, well because you're, 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 actually, hold on. Do you mind if I, I jump in on, on this one here? Please do, uh, Jordan. Uh, I'll agree with you. Sure, uh, unemployment low. Let's let's click on that asterisk there and go deeper though. Because these jobs that these people were getting are not fruitful jobs. The the, uh, the majority of them, I think, uh, actually, this is from uh, 
uh, the federal uh, BL, BLS.gov, uh, the Bureau of Labor. Uh, yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the Bureau of Labor like, Statistics, uh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, something upwards of like 75 something percent of, of that number are in the food and drink industry. Fast food, temporary workers, uh, minimum wage workers, or seasonal employees, well, too. Um, they also go on to say that the increased number of multiple jobs has has happened. So people who were taking on uh, one or two or more jobs has increased as well, too. Um, the increase of people who are taking these jobs without insurance or benefits has increased as well, too. So, yeah, the number is correct. The record unemployment is there. But at to, to what end? Like, they're working, so you got a job. Is that the answer? Like, to make these people work for pennies and not give them any insurance? Hey, but here's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's that, not a victory. Is that when is, say, when you know, is it? Use it as a talking point. Yeah, but when is it my responsibility, yours, or Ed's responsibility for everybody else? They get the job See, they but can that's get. The, one, one. Oh, bop, bop, bop. Yeah, that's – thank you, Eric. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. If the unemployment rate is such a key factor in saying that the president's doing such a good job, why only count the people who are technically in the workforce that, are, that don't have a job, Right? Like, do you know who's counted in the unemployment numbers? Jordan? Uh, me, Kimo Sabi. Go ahead. It are, it's people who have either, A, been applying, wh- whose unemployment has run out, meaning they, mm-hmm. they or excuse me, ha- unemployment has not run out, and are considered within a certain age, okay? And if they have a part-time job, they are considered employed. And while technically by full definition, the, te- the the definition that we've been taught incorrectly so, while by definition you have a job and therefore are employed, you are in the current state of the way things are expense-wise, you are considered underemployed. So the math actually works out to be whatever the current numbers are for when you say unemployed, it's actually four times it's well. You need to multiply that number by four to get the level of unemployed, underemployed people who have been unable to find a job in the course that their unemployment has run out, or folks that are back in the workforce that are working part-time jobs because their Social Security or their pensions or their four hundred one ks have run out. So when you hear the four percent unemployment. That's touted by the Trump administration pre-COVID-19 of we've got the lowest unemployment in the history of America. Well, by definition, that's true. But that number is skewed to show favorability to whomever is in trying to tout the number. The real number is actually – so the real number is 16%. I don't believe you, so that's okay though. That's 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 the that's the key to the whole thing, Jordan. Is that our entire discussions are? I present you with facts, and you say, "Well, I don't believe you." Like I don't want to. I don't want to wear a mask because I don't believe it saves me. Well, that's obviously you're fucking wrong. Like I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just like your belief is irrelevant because here are the facts and science. That's the thing, though, is that I always give. Go ahead, Eric. Well, there's there's a troubling world that we live in, and I'm sure I'm, my job right here, by the way, is to establish a common ground. I, I really feel that everyone ought to get back into something that we can agree because we've been disagreeing for so long now that we got to try to find something. So we can, I think, establish a common ground that 
we are unfortunately in this time where there is a lot of information being fed and a lot of it mm-hmm. is quick and it's to the to the buzz and it's it's coming at you and it's hard to verify so when we say uh or when either someone comments even newscasters say you know hey facts here throwing them at them like we're you know try to to, to say where is it coming from you know uh, I, i'm trying to even even so like even if I were to say uh, that I was using BLS.gov or FederalRegister.gov, you know these like these government websites are these still under question now? Like uh, under their validity? Like are, are these are these a good source to, to say, uh, hey, we we can agree, right? Well, they should be. Like this is the the real fact is 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 places like the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Is an uh, is an apolitical organization that is just here to report the statistics. There's no skew, but they there is a skew in how it's measured, but that's irrelevant because here's what's being said, like the Census Bureau or or you know pick any other like uh, any other non non politically appointed government organization. Those in charge are. Their only sole duty is to report the facts as they've been told, right? So, yes, I am on your side here. I, I, there's no, there should be no side. I am in agreement with you that that should be a piece of information that we take as fact, based upon the information that we that that we have in the way we we do these, the way we study these things. And that's yeah, what I'm saying. That- but that's what you disagree with. But because we can all, regardless of where, I mean, excluding that website, the like BLS, I mean, we're just using that, by the way, for an example here. Any one of us can go online and type into a search engine and find a web article that matches our argument, right? Like, no matter mm-hmm. what it is, if it's on a different website, most likely there's going to be a, a, a piece there. And it's just come to a point where it's just somebody writing their opinion that it has ads over their article now. Yeah. Rather than it being like a live journal, you know, like that's, that's the difference is that is there's one person who's just writing this down and then selling it a bit more because of their platform. But they, they shouldn't be taken any more seriously than the comments below it. Agreed. Un- unless there's something there. I mean, I mean, are, are pictures a, a, a fact? If there's a photograph of something, can we believe that anymore now? Or are we going to call that fake, too? You well, know, yeah, I mean, that was already proven public. during COVID. Or, um, what was? or, or graphs, maybe charts, uh, you know, whether it be <laughs> like, the stock, like the stock market itself, you know, like, can we, is that... Um, because if you were to look in the, the grander skew of it, you could see uh, the trends of in what years, obviously, they went up and what years they went down. Um, and who's in charge during those years? Is, is that still, you know, fake news? Look, I think I think I'm trying to establish I think majority. Like, when we have this. Sure. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm saying that I. I'm on ground here of, of what's fake and what's, what's real here because. Well, unfortunately, uh, I don't think there's like there's numbers there. You know, there's raw data in the economy, and that shit should speak for itself. So here, I will give you an example. Ed and I will never get 
uh, common ground when it comes to politics. That's just a fact. We will fight to I the nail. We're both full headed. We'll see. We got two hours. I believe in science, meaning, and which is horrible to say, because it's science is fact. That's the way it is. And if there is a government website that proves labor, that proves unemployment, that proves this, that proves that, that proves that, because that is their job, then I'm going to 100% back everything that anybody says about that. But what I'm referring to is when Ed, and I'm making fun of him, when he says, if people are not unemployed, they're underemployed, it's like, okay, that whatever. Look, I mean... We can't save every single fucking person. And is, nope. it, is it so wrong? Is it so wrong that the rich stay richer? Because the rich give us jobs. So you went off right field here. I was going to agree with your point that now. That we're what, both bullheaded? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's true. That's true. So the thing, the thing, the thing that you're, I, where we, I, where we're in agreement is, yeah. I mean, facts are facts, but our economy has always, and I am a free market capitalist. Okay, I believe in market-based solutions, and I believe that the market will find its the capital. And the markets are like water. They find their most efficient routes. Now, I'm not here to save anybody. I don't believe that – I don't. I am not a believer in in, in what is what, what has always been referred to as the nanny state, although I feel incorrectly that that's how it's termed. But what my point more is along the lines of is it is not the responsibility of the citizen of, – of, of, of you, Jordan, to take care of people, and it's not necessarily the responsibility of the companies to take care of people other than those who, that they work for, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But it is the responsibility of government to make up these shortfalls where, where organizations take advantage of folks where they can, and that's why we have laws. It is the responsibility of government to make, to, to make it so that people cannot be taken advantage of. Okay, because they they have been throughout the entirety of history, and it's the responsibility. And it, there's nothing, or excuse me, and there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. I have no problems at all with anybody being wealthy. Profit is not a bad word. Profit is not a bad thing. But when you profit off of the vulnerabilities of others, and when you and when you continue to make billions and billions and billions of dollars while paying the people that work for you under livable wages, then we've got a problem. And that's where government comes in. That's the point of government. Government isn't the government isn't the problem. Government is the solution. Oh god damn, I could not be on the opposite end of the aisle on this one. And I'm sure Eric's probably laughing his ass off. The government should have no role and any of that nonsense. Uh, that's you're, why that's where you're I'm wrong. Considered, well, no, that's where that's where I'm considered a constitutionalist because that's not constitutional. The government does not well, say over. This is, this is where we have. See, I, I, I walk the line with this because uh, should a, a person be allowed to obtain wealth? Yes, of course. That's that's the spoils of your victory of your hard work, and mm-hmm. I believe in that. Of course, by all means. 
we are at a point right now because of it being generational that it's rolled through and you've now have, you know, however many generations of a, of a family of a title that has now grown into such an area where it's now affects our lives, Jordan. It affects you, mine, and Ed's life because these people are, are so have so much wealth that now they make the decision. Now, you know, it's it's not it's not a group I'm not voting or anything. I don't get a say. They are just saying, Oh, we, we're doing this now. You know, hey everyone, we get to use this thing now that's in my company. Hey everyone, mm-hmm. we're using this right now because these are my properties. Hey everyone, we're using this now because I own the freight for it, you know, and they they are now deciding everything and it's only using it for them to gain more. And if you're if you're saying for government to stay out of it, well if government stays out of it, guess who's going to step in? The person who who has all these resources that the government doesn't mm-hmm. have. And so that's why there needs to be a regulation. Government is there to keep checks and balances. I do not want them to be a forefront in the interference, of course. Government should be a background figure that is the uh, the lowest bar that keeps everyone up. That's that's mm-hmm. it's a minimal job of what government I believe should be doing. But we're at a point right now where they they are just taking whatever bid that they need and just moving on. They are working with the the capitalist uh, agenda that is now America. And that is where we ha- we've been here since the early 1980s. This this neo this neoliberal neoclassical concept of of economics is is literally oligarchical in its in its stature and it's designed so that the rich continue to become as wealthy as possible while maintaining low income and middle income people to be low and middle income and to stay there as long as they possibly can they don't those folks don't want us in their country clubs. So therefore, they want to keep it as hard as possible for people to start a small business and to get wealthy. They don't want you to build a better mousetrap. They want to put in place so many potholes so that you and I, the three of us, cannot form better mousetrap company without being charged out of our ass. And then we do finally find a way to to navigate through all the bureaucratic bullshit and Oh, great. Now you've got this great product. Here's here's 1% of what your business is actually worth. I'm going to buy it because I'm this big, giant mega corporation. Like it is, the system is designed and has been this way since the early 1980s to prevent, like you said, the bar that keeps us all afloat. It's designed to keep us all down while those at the top continue to stay there and form levels of generational wealth as it, that have never been seen before and protections like we've never seen before. I do not agree with that at all. Don't agree with that. But Jordan, it's, it's a, can we agree that it's a familiar story for you to, to start a business and as soon as you get enough, let's say a bigger business will come in and be like, hey, I like what you're doing here. I want to buy you out. And suddenly, you just went from, from having to work every day to now getting, you know, uh, however much, $100 million, let's say, for your company. You just, and you're set for life, bud. You're out. And that's what you work for. You, you made it uh, enough to where you could just be bought out by the bigger fish. 
And so many people okay. do that. Happens That's fine with me. Uh, uh, okay, but that is giving the big fish just more and more and more and more. So you don't mind just having these big fish just basically just kind of run your life, run, run your show? Uh, well, no, because cause if I started a company, some internet startup company, and a big fish comes around and says, Hey, Jordan, uh, we like this company. We think this is great. Uh, we're going to give you $50 million for it. Uh, that's it. Okay. But that is that's that's is my choice. That's my choice. See, but okay. So wait, wait. We're getting we're getting in we're we're getting into the we're getting into the weeds on points that are. So the point that both Eric and I were trying to make, Jordan, is not that there isn't the ability for that to occur. It's that the sole purpose is that it's so impossible that only the few can get through and those that do are eaten up very quickly it's actually it's actually commercialized and as one of everybody's favorite tv shows shark tank like it's i've built a better mousetrap than the guy before me i got through all the all the bullshit because small businesses are taxed double if not triple sometimes what corporations are Okay, and it's designed that way on purpose and has been since the 80s that where, you know, Eric, Ed and Jordan all form ABC Better Mousetrap Company. And we have we we are taxed left and right and we have to do this and this and this and this and this hundreds of different things that once we finally get through, if our product is better than the others. Then somebody comes along and says, okay, I'll give you 1% of what it's worth. But of the 100 that start, 99 fail because the barriers are in place from those at the top that own the people who make the barriers. And he's referring to members of Congress and state representatives and state senators and United States senators and uh, sometimes those in the executive level. It's not the point that it's not possible, Jordan. It's the it's the point that it's become more and more unlikely and impossible because of the system set in place by those folks. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm speaking for you, Eric, if I was wrong, but I, I felt like that you and I were in agreement on that. You're good. And again, I just don't see it. I don't see that at all. Because you don't, don't live in the real anything. world, Jordan. I do live in the real well, world. I, I, well, then hold on. I, I do. Jordan, what, what, do you, what do you see? I mean, we've been talking a lot. Well, what I see when it comes to this, this kind of conversation right now about this subject would be people want to start a business, right? And they have to. God, how about how do you know I what? No, wait, wait, hang on, rambling. hang on. You know what, Jordan, 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 Jordan. You, you go ahead, what? go ahead, because you are actually you specifically are the key. Like you've you've suffered you've been victimized by this exact incident. Mm. Like okay, well, the exact well, point that you brought that up. Well, that point okay, of fine. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's, I know what he's talking about, and I don't mind sharing about that in, in a live on air. So years ago, um, I was a smoker, and and I discovered a company locally in my area that uh, that that had their own e-cigarettes and their own liquid this was before 
for lack of a better word, e-cigarettes became popular with the use and douchey. It was before the big clouds. You know what I mean? And uh, I thought it was really cool business to get into help. Doing it before it's cool. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It, so, his, his, um, his was back when it was smoking cessation. Now it's like smoking right. squared. Right. <laughs> and uh, – it was it was uh, and I uh, and what I did was I franchised off the business. I had two stores at the end of the business. I, I lasted for three years, almost four, I believe. And uh, we were not regulated. It was the wild wild west, right? Because this kind of industry was new. And uh, so, like for an example, and then I will shut up about it. Is moral reasons. I contacted the state of Ohio, and I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. So they had people come and train us because I didn't want to sell any e-cigarette products to anybody under the age of 18 at the time because I just don't want a kid to buy the shit, right? But back then when I did this, that was legal because there was no regulations. Uh, so it was a good little business for three or four years, and then the government finally started regulating. The government finally got involved. We got a letter from the government and said that, you know, since we make our own liquid and stuff, that we have to have X amount of equipment and we have to meet their approvals and we have to have a million dollar insurance policy. Well, I couldn't afford any of that. I'm a small business, so there's no way around it. And I told the people that were working for me and my partners, we're going to have to sell. They gave us a year. We sold when it was time to sell and that was it. The reason why I'm not butthurt about so, it. So, but here's here's exactly what Eric and I are referring to, Jordan. Mm -hmm. You were able to start up a business. The right. folks who owned the rights to the manufacturing of what you were doing said, "Whoa, mm -hmm. whoa, 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 whoa! We don't want the little guy being able to profit off of the same same thing that we're profiting off of." So that's why you're going to have to purchase. So they went and spoke to the people that they bought into the General Assembly in Ohio right. and said, we need you to make these laws, not regulations, because regulations are good. Laws are good and bad. So they've made, they made it so, okay, so you have to have this million-dollar insurance policy that we know everybody can't afford. You have to have this and this and this, and if and only if you have all of these things, then you are man then you are taxed as a manufacturer, like we are taxed as a manufacturer. So I, I mean, was but, it was, but, but that's the point the that, that Eric and I are trying to make. Okay, fine, I understand your point, but what I'm getting at is. I'm individual like everybody else is individual about subjects like this. I'm not butthurt about it. I had fun doing the business. I was golfing almost every day. I had people running the business for me. It was great. It was fun. It hey, was the time of my the, life. So, I mean, did, wait did, did you, did, you said there were people at the stores, though? I mean, you had to let them go, right? Yeah, we had. We had We had four, four employees. Four employees. Mm -hmm. And um, I – not – not – not every business owner in the world does the things the way I do, but I figured, okay, this is the X amount of money that I have on my bank account, the business bank account. Uh, I have these people. I'm going to give them like pretty much like half of what I have to say sorry. Here's like a severance thing. And they went out and did whatever they want to do with their lives. I'm not butthurt about it that the government came in 
and said, hey, you got to have regulations, you got to have these laws, you have a million dollars policy. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, a guy. A guy walked. I, I apologize about that. A guy. A guy rode his motorcycle right past my house, right at the wrong time. Uh, yeah, mute the mic. But, <laughs> but the uh, to uh, to to end this and move on. Uh, my point is, is that I'm not butthurt about it. It was a good four year run. It was a good time. The government came in and said, "Hey, you guys are kind of dealing with tobacco and nicotine products. We're going to take control of this because big tobacco, Camel, Marlboro, said, "Well, hold on, they're th these businesses are taking two billion dollars a year from us." So I get it. And it's just the you, way it is. It's just the way it is. Would your opinion change if that four was like forty people? Mm. Well, what about four hundred people? Sure. I probably want to have the 4, money. About four thousand people. Uh, tell me one like, business where that's happened to. I want to know what. Where I'm, serious, I'm not saying it's smart ass. I'm, I, I want to know. Like, tell me a business where the government your, has didn't regulated. Didn't the steel companies? The, yes, the steel companies. Didn't they all have to close? Didn't the 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 re manufacturing of uh, uh, what about the farming industry? Like that's that's mm -hmm. a, that's a mixed economy right there. That's that's supported Generate. by the government generations of folks who are now out of the labor market who are no longer considered unemployed by the way because their unemployment levels have run out so they're just not counted anymore right that and it's an entire it's entire generations of folks who are una unable to feed their families because the industries in which they they were or the areas that they lived in the industries in which they worked are gone and they're never coming back. And that's another point about the economy we need to get into is like what jobs are actually what jobs actually do exist, will exist, where will they be in the future, what's going to happen? Hey, uh, what about uh, like Kmart is, is another good one too because those other ones are were like uh, uh, you know not uh, not completely off on their own, but like Kmart is a is a big one that had to fold. Well, Kmart mm -hmm. had a fold because Walmart just did it bigger and better. I mean, my dad's job at Anderson, same thing. They had Anderson oh, well, they, they shouldn't be upset though, right? right? Because they had fun doing it. I mean, like Anderson's not upset because they fired all the people in their retail stores, but they had their hands in other things. Like right now, the Anderson's biggest thing is grain. So there's still a company that's still making millions of dollars. The families are still making millions of dollars. Off the itself. rich families, but your family is now negatively economically impacted by the people who are at the top, Jordan. Like that's the whole point. You are the case. You are the case study for somebody who should appreciate that the fact that the economy is built by folks who are extremely wealthy, whose entire so they're saying, "Well, we're do well, we're rich. We're doing very well. So you guys should just shut up and take it. That's all that you. We're all that matters. You don't matter." That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's just kind of like on a, on a smaller scale. Let's just say that you're cool with like, okay, if uh, one person gets rich because they have to step on twenty different, they have to step on twenty people. Okay, let's just say that for that for an example as a hypothetical here. So, in order for you, Jordan, to to get rich, you had to step on those twenty people, and those twenty people are taken. You know, that's a that's a big step that they're take that they got stepped on with. They got hit real hard, you know, and they're doing everyday things too. They're already getting paid nothing. That's why they're working probably for the company anyway. But now they have this. 
So let's just say that this process happens so often, like every day, every week, every month, every year for decades. We're at a point right now, we're in 2020, where, come on, this is starting to, to really catch up. There's not a whole lot of more people you can step on now. You know, okay. the, in I, the, I in the, and if I can piggyback off of that point, the three of us actually live in cities or around cities that have been probably the most negatively impacted by neoliberal, neoclassical economics, by the rich finding ways to continue to stay and get more wealthy while screwing the people who work for them. You know, without, I won't name who is where, but one of us is in Detroit, the other one of us is in Toledo, and the other lives between Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and Youngstown, Ohio. Like, these are the three places in the country that have been the most negatively impacted by specifically free trade, but more, you know, more aptly towards the conversation of rich people finding ways to stay and get more rich and screwing generations of folks who were able to be middle class like our grandparents were able to work and have middle class jobs and have the concept of, well, you graduate high school, you get a good job, you buy a house, you raise your family. And you go to work every day and then you retire, you have a, you have a pension at 65 or whenever, 30 and, 30 and out, however you want to do it. And then you walk away. Like, why can't you do that, grandson? Right? Like, that's, these are the three, these are three most major hit areas for that. And the fact that, the fact that Jordan, I, I'm sorry, but the fact that you can't see it is astounding to me. Or the fact that you just don't care is even more astounding. No, I care. I care. I just, I just don't see it. And I, and, I, and I think the issue between what happened with our grandparents can happen and now, of course, is just time, generational, also the value of a dollar. You know, back then, what was it? I, I always, I always love reading that stuff. What back in 1955, a brand new house was under 10 grand. You know well, what I mean? And you know, my like, my my great my great uncle, who was the last of my generation. Or my my, fa in my family, excuse me, the last in my family to have one of the steel mill jobs in the area, like the, it's the Shenango Valley between Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and Youngstown, Ohio, and he never earned more than twelve thousand dollars a year back in his day. He's my great uncle. He died fifteen years ago. He was late nineties, right? But he was the last one to be. He was born in this country, right? First generation born in this country. He never made more than $12,000, bought himself a house, raised family like he was perfectly fine. You know, and and he when he died, like my my his, my dad, his generation made more than than my great uncle's or my grandfather's generation ever did by three times as much, but the world around them shot up by 120%. So the things that were affordable to our grandparents or great uncles or whomever, it was affordable. Our gener like our, our parents' generation could barely afford it. And now our generation, it's shot up even more since then. And we're getting paid less than what our parents got paid. I mean, I, I, again, I, when it comes to that, I'm, I'm living just comfortable. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a factory guy. I'm, I'm just a guy who drives a forklift, you know, and then one would argue like for an example, and I get this point, like um, 
check this out real quick. This is this is kind of stupid and shitty, but this goes with it. It doesn't make sense to me, but what the fuck ever. I'm on weekend crew, okay? So if you're on weekend crew at my job, you get paid $2 more an hour than any other shift, including second and third, right? Mm-hmm. You guys with me so far? Sure. So because you're working the weekend. Well, weekend crew, since we get paid $2 more, we never get an opportunity for double time. I could work every single day for a month, and I'll never get double time. I'll only get time and a half. Well, because of COVID-19, they say anybody that works over 48 hours in a week gets double time. So how do I make it ahead? How, do I, how am I able to live comfortably? Is last week, I worked every single freaking day, Sunday to Sunday. And I got that double time so I can live comfortably and have a nice life. I think what we're talking about when it comes to that uh, thing, and you guys are totally going to disagree with me on, is willingness to work laziness. That's what I think it is. I completely disagree with that because there were, up until, again, recently, there were worker protections in place, whether it be through, whether, excuse me, whether it have been through things like People were able to join unions. People did join unions, whether there were things that weren't in place like right to work laws, things like things like that. You know, you didn't have to work yourself to the bone in order to to be able to provide not just a comfortable living, but be able to get ahead in life. Now you have to do what you did. You have to do what you did because the the people at the top said, well, we're paying – not only are we paying you too much, but you're not working enough for the money we're paying you. So we're just gonna we're just gonna find ways to pay you less, make it legal to pay you less, and make you have to work, make you have to work this this yourself to the bone and kill yourself just to make me more wealthy. Like I that's, mean, that's sure. <laughs> all right. No, I, don't, I don't think about that stuff. Jordan, just real quick, with, yeah, with your job right just right now, just a, a, just a quick yes or no, okay? Okay. Let's okay. say that uh, – um, uh, how about this hypothetical? That somebody had uh, passed down or whatever the hell in your company and uh, the, the information was down that we could pay your company – all the employees, all of you guys uh, that, that work in, on you know Sunday to Sunday, whatever, we, we've found extra money, there's bonuses, and we can afford to pay all of you guys $10 more an hour. You know, like, uh, that would be pretty cool, right? Yes. But you would say yes to that? Uh, yes. If you were the owner of this business... And the decision was to you, be like, hey, Jordan, you could, if you want, we've had really good a few past years and we're, we're killing it. We're booming right now. You could choose if you want to pay all your employees $10 more an hour, or you could just take all this to your to yourself. You know, would you be okay That's- with that? Because, because this is a capitalist account. Uh, so that guy earned it, right? He's already got enough money. He's already... You know, right. not even going to the office. He's already just, you know, flying to seven different houses and, you know, just, just living the, the life. He doesn't need the money, but he's going to take it because he, he earned it. I mean, are you not – you, you're you okay with 
being like, oh, all right, well, I guess I'll just go back and do the same thing again. While he just kind of reaps, he's not really working anymore, you know? It's just like... Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, see, the owner of my company is a third-generation owner, so he, he's never worked a day in his life. Um, uh-huh. I, 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 I understand. I'm not stupid. You guys know that. I'm, I'm, I, I understand what you're saying, right? And I am agreeing with you in some scenarios. Uh, is it wrong? Like, okay, for an example. Uh, I'm stepping in back one. to make the bigger point. I'm trying to cut you off. I'm stepping back these little parts. And no, no one's calling you stupid. We know that. But I'm just trying to trace the steps here. So you know that, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm saying that that has happened so many times now that this gap has now become to a point where these people, that third generation owner of yours, has now grown over the powering elements that would already control our society. Like, you know, uh, police officers or, or government officials or anything else, it's like they're above that now. And it sucks because our voice can only go to the government but what does that mean if our voice is being controlled by the people above them? We we just don't have we're complacent now is what I'm I'm trying to if I'm if I'm beating that in one more time. Sure, no, I'm 100% agree with you guys on that one. Fine, but I I don't feel oppressed. I don't feel overtaken. I don't feel any of that stuff. I feel that that guy was lucky to be born in the business that he was in. I unfortunately was not. I have to work for that guy, and I have to drive a forklift every day and load semi trucks. That's what it is, right? And, and I'm you know just what? Gonna, and, he, and, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And and here's the thing: that's fine, Jordan. Like that is that. There's nothing anybody can do about that. Nobody's nobody's advocating to take away the wealth of the third generation guy born into the lucky family. Nobody in the history of well. Let me rephrase. There are plenty, but not not in this. Nobody in this conversation is 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 for that. But what we're saying, or at least what I'm saying, is that the role of government in the portion of the economy that is related to this is not to take away his wealth or to say you aren't good enough, Jordan, but it's to say, hey. You've got to pay the people that work for you enough to live in the society that you've built, and you need to be able to take care of the things that are minimal around your building to in provide their your employees' safety, your employee happiness. You need to be able to make sure that nobody in your building is going to be killed within a reasonable basis in your facility. Like it's there. That's the level. That's the role of government in this. And where we've where we've lacked in the la over the last really forty ish years is is to say, well, you know, you don't actually you, you, where you're able to pull back the reins on th those protections for workers. And nobody, again, nobody's saying that he didn't luck out in being born into the family. Nobody's saying the per the guy whose grandson, he like, he's the grandson of the person who started the company. Nobody's saying that that guy didn't work real hard. And nobody's saying his dad didn't bust their ass. Nobody's saying that. It's just, there are there is a playing field that can be leveled out to a minimal degree to make your life not as difficult 
based upon the greed of the people who sign your paychecks. Yeah, it's the the quality of life is really what where I'm trying to, to bring home here as well, is that uh, you two were both born into the same world, but because uh, he was born to that family and you were born to, to yours, he's going to have a much better life already, and you're just okay with that, that you two are going to have completely separate lives, even though that you work so close together and probably doing you know the same thing is that, you know, it's just the Homer and Frank Grimes thing. This is just this all over again is that some people are just have the luck and it just happens easily for them. And the other people just have to work extra fucking hard just to, you know, just to get a thumbs up. That's just, just, just kind of how it goes. And if you are okay with that, I don't know what else to, to tell you, I guess then keep on voting for your, you know, overlord oppressors then if you're okay with it. But, at the same part, just because you're you're comfortable, what's comfortable to you is that you're able to kind of come home, you're able to to have a podcast with your buddies, play some games, and put food on the table for your family. That's fine, but you maybe don't have enough to to afford a boat or, or a weekend house or go on vacations like everyone else does, or have a better house or afford a better education, or you know, to to do things for your family maybe a little bit more. Maybe you can't afford the braces now, but it's okay. You're you know you're still comfortable. You can do you know these are. The minor things that start to add up, you're not. Uh, this may not be a thing that you have for quality of life anymore, but easily done for other people. Like those are the the little things. It's hard to say one big thing when we all have to deal with these little things equally, and uh, some just struggle with it. Because, you know what it is just, for me, really what it is. Go ahead. I'm, I'm serious. Go. I'm serious, Eric. You know what it is for me. I think overall, it was just how I was raised. And how I was raised compared to how I am now as a grown adult, this is probably the reason why I feel the way I do. Uh, I just, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I don't want anybody to take care of me. And uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't want apologies. Oh, you're your forklift driver. We're sorry. Like, no, like this is the life I have. But there I'm going to, to be make some the best want out of it. Or, or desire to, to want. A, a bit hey, more cake, hey, right? Hey, like, hey, how about this, though? How about this, though? My 94-year-old grandfather has campers, snowmobiles, and he has two lake houses, and he was a forklift driver himself. So it's all about how you spend your money, how you no, save your no, money, no, no, how no, you no, 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 Jordan, Jordan, I'm going to stop you. I'm just going to stop you real quick, okay? The things that he's able to buy today are because of the protections he had when he worked. And he, well, he has, has probably pension, that's the only thing. He, that's there you go. He has probably, if your grandfather's like what my grandfather was, outlived the amount of money that they put into their pensions to begin with. But they were promised until you die, you're going to get XYZ per month as long as you put in ABC every month at, or every paycheck. And mm-hmm. they've got those things. And yeah, now yeah. Our, our pension, our generation's pension is this is social security. Like that's it. That's yeah, it. No, nobody works 30 years at a job anymore in our, for this economy, man, for our generation. Right. It, 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 right, right. And then, you know, Jordan, on the point of that's just the way you were raised, there's nothing wrong with how your father raised you. Like your dad worked and did, busted his ass and he was able to get by 
if not barely, at least relatively comfortably, because the world in which he grew up in was regulated by the government to make it so that it was easier to live and have a working middle class life. And now it's designed to not be that way. It's not anti-middle class, anti-working class. It's just so pro 1%, fuck everybody else. The world in which you were raised and I was raised no longer exists. The rules don't exist. The, the principles by which your parents lived no longer apply. It's not Again, their fault. To, to the quality of life. I, I really feel, mm-hmm. it's not, I agree, it's not their fault. I really do feel that it's, it's just the technology because since the dawn of the internet and this whole cellular revolution that we've, been, that we've endured during the 90s, it's just been completely different. Everything has just been different. The economy itself has been different because we've now, it's now gone just beyond free trade economy because this, this product is limitless. You know, there, there is, and it can't be manufactured anymore. It's it's infinitely created online now, and so and it, there's another thing too is that the uh, HQ, your headquarters, your, your own base is what I'm trying to say. Doesn't have to be local anymore. It doesn't even have to be uh, in the United States. And you can have now because you are able to touch such a global market so so quickly. You can go and have multiple locations everywhere as well too. Uh, th- this is why the, this economy is not prepared for it because, again, like us, we were the I believe we were the last generation to be taught the same things that the generations before us were taught. Um, it, it just completely changed. Nobody knows how to react to this. And so now when this economy falls like it has been because it's very volatile because uh, if you just kind of see what we've been producing, it's just not been competing with what the free market has been producing. Uh, and, and because of the policies that are so lacking of the new free trade, uh, the market economy that we have with this technology, it, it's hard to regulate. And these businesses are booming. They're, they're huge. Like Amazon, for instance, just cornered that shit. And you know what I mean? Like they have such, it's such a power now that they could probably just buy their own planet and start it. You know, like Jeff Bezos is so rich that he had an affair with his wife or on his wife and made her the wealthiest woman in the history of the planet when they got divorced. He while was individually being, so yeah by st- while still being the wealthiest man in the history of the world, <laughs> he gave her half of he was he ran rightfully so good for her like she earned it she was around but she received half of everything that he had and she became the richest woman in the history of the world. And nobody's saying that it's not great to be rich. Nobody's saying don't go out and build an online internet, like you're saying, an internet-based bookstore that then becomes everything that Walmart ever tried to be and couldn't. And great, you deserve every penny of that. There's well, nothing wrong well, with it. Just well, don't go. force your – I'm cutting up your point there, but their predatory practices – Jordan, this goes back into the, the starting of the businesses too – if you were to create something and sell it onto Amazon, their their uh, algorithm would see uh, uh, what's hot and what's not. They see that Jordan is making this this crazy awesome tool. It's a it's a fishing pole with a gizmo in it, and it's just selling like hotcakes. They see that. They see uh, what it takes to make that. They make their own version of it, the Amazon basic version of it, and then they sell it as a competitor. 
I yeah. mean, I mean, yeah. but 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 here's the okay. Look, and I did that all the time it. because you could, you can look up anything. I did it just, just recently for someone as a gift. I was looking at yoga mats, and uh, they said they wanted a certain type, but right at the front it was the Amazon yoga mats. And okay, on that, but, my my right. personal example, I, this was just today. I was looking for a dehumidifier. The ba- I just moved into a new house, and the basement kind of has a little bit of moisture issue. So I was looking for dehumidifiers, right, like big giant ones. And I had Google search, and I'm doing research, and here's what I'm figuring the prices are. I go on Amazon just to see what's on there. First thing, Amazon Essentials, dehumidifier, exact same size and everything I was looking for, for but before twenty five percent less than everybody else's that's on that on their same website, and free shipping. I can't knock Amazon yes. for that. I, I, no, I and that's free market, and that's the free market, and nobody's nobody's against it. It's just there's the predatory well, nature of of legal and unethical. That is, it's it's both unethical and currently legal because of how wealthy. Amazon and Jeff Bezos are that the people who own the company and people who own stock in the company, those top 10%, they're the ones who are basically calling on the people who they've donated the unlimited amounts of money to now because that's legal that have ran for Congress and ran for Senate and ran for president. And I'm not just saying Trump, I'm including Biden in this. Like there, and, and even Obama and in, in, in Bush before him because it was legal up through that point. Like these, they've bought and they have bought these people to where they now have no choice but to do what is being told of them. Not asked, but told to them. All right. Well, we're going to go into our commercial break here. We'll be back in a minute and a half to two minutes. Enjoy some nice music before we continue our conversation with the economy.
are back with the second half of Rust Belt Political Podcast. And uh, before we go on talk about politics here, I just want to say to Eric and Ed here, this is fun. I haven't spoken to <laughs> you two together on a show for over a year now. And it's been a year since you retired. In August, next month will be officially a year since you retired from podcast, Ed. And uh, this, is, this wow. has been fun. Yeah, I mean this 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 little thing we're doing here. It's sort of I'm coming out of semi I'm semi coming out of retirement, semi retirement from from podcasting. Um, you know, I can say that uh, much like what's coming up with the upcoming uh, NBA restart. You got a few guys coming out of retirement. You know, they're they're doing it, and this is, I don't know if this is going to be my last ever show, but you know, I'm I'm not I, man. I I love doing this with you guys. I always have, and I do miss you guys like crazy. That's for sure. Bringing the boys back, right, Eric? I'm uh, I'm glad we're talking about this and not Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> so just just real quick, not I I just want to touch on one one thing that I want to kind of sort of get this the, this part of this conversation started. The where we are now with what is the economy, the things that are holding back growth, the things that are hold, of the working and middle class, things that are holding back our entire generation. And, you know, I, I, we can come up. I can't say we have we'll have the solutions, but we can at least come up with things that maybe they'll maybe they'll help in the future. Who knows? So I, I'd like to at least steer the conversation in that direction. Well, let me at help some point you by, the second part. by asking Jordan a question. Uh, Jordan, what, yeah. uh, how do you feel about the economy in 2020 as it is now, July 15th? Uh, based off of my personal experience or what I just have seen throughout the news? Like, what, uh, well, what do you uh, want me to in, touch in, on? In, in your life, what you have to uh, have related to before, like in maybe whatever news you followed before or whatever... Uh, uh, whatever school or anything you've read about that you've had for about uh, any any sort of uh, economy or a market or how it works, uh, given from uh, when you were a boy to past elections to uh, doing the vape business and to now, what is your overall opinion, view, uh, attitude, whatever, towards this economy that we are living in currently? I, I would like to know. I I currently feel that our current economy is doing absolutely wonderful, and I think if it wasn't for COVID, it would be the greatest economy this world has ever seen. The, the local, uh, can you expand on on what uh, the what about the economy? What parts are doing well that you that you feel not not just to say it's a very broad statement to say that you feel it's all doing well. Um, right. Can you elaborate a bit more? Like other, you know, if there are parts maybe they're doing doing. Uh, well, was doing well before, or yeah, you know what I mean. Just, just right, right. Well, uh, you know, well, let's let's just go with the movie guys family, right? We got me, we got you, Eric, we got Ed, and we got Ryan as well, and we got Ryan's wife, who she comes on once in a while. The movie guys family here, uh, we've all been working uh, ever since this COVID thing has happened. Uh, my wife's a teacher, so God bless you know that she's uh, she she got her paycheck. She was doing her online Zoom meetings. Like my wife was home for four months getting paid for it. So, I mean, very lucky. I know hundreds of thousands of people were not. I'm not naive to that. But just out of what I see in my personal life, I mean, I've been working overtime up the ass ever since this thing, ever since COVID first happened. To be, to sound like an asshole, 
to sound like a complete dipshit, COVID was one of the best things that could have happened for me financially because I've, I've been working nonstop. And I've and sure. I and I talked to you guys. I've talked to you guys personally outside of our podcast, and you guys have been working all the way through, and and so is Ryan. So I mean, I think that our economy is very very strong. I think there's a lot of great new businesses that are opening up. Um, I think that they are closing a lot of old businesses that don't need to be around anymore, which I'm kind of fifty fifty on. I see the benefits and the displeasures of both. Firsthand, um, sure. and I can I, I, I can share that story later on. But I'm not going to knock you at all for that. That was a very honest answer, Jordan. Thank you very much. Is it is it safe to say then, with that answer, that I could maybe say, and fair to shoot me down, please, uh, that instead of saying that you believe that the economy is doing well, that you believe that your economy is doing well. That that the the world as it pertains to you is is unfazed and fine, or even doing better than than it was before. But that that's think, your that's your world, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assumption. Of course, I'm not blind to what's going on within the world, um, but from my fan uh, from my friends and family, especially the movie guys family, I think the people that I know within my inner circle have done okay. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife's my witness on this. Uh, I, I feel like I have to say this to so you guys know where I'm coming from. When uh, DeWine, or the Ohio's governor, said there's going to shut down everything, close down bars and restaurants, the first thing I said to my wife when I came home was, that's bullshit. What about all those people that fucking work in restaurants? They're going to have nothing. So I, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. You know, like, I feel bad for these no, people. No, of course not. But of do course, you feel that, course. like, an economy should be – apathetic then like the economy should should not be a caring economy that it, it should uh it should not give but take i feel uh to make it very very simple i feel you work for your meal you work for what you get um right or wrong the big boss of where i work rack uh where i work at you know the, the famous saying, you know, I make a nickel, he makes a dime. That's why I should in company time, right? So if I have to work my extra, uh, my ass off and work all this double time to get that extra boathouse or whatever in the future, well, then, you know, that's what I work for to get, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just feel like you work for your meal. So all these okay. people that lost their jobs of no fault of their own, these people uh, that lost their jobs in this country, it's no fault of their own because of COVID. But now things are starting to get back not back the way it used to be. But things are slowly starting a little bit to go back to those ways. And, you know, and now I feel these people can go back and get their jobs back if the businesses are offered or they have other skills that they could possibly do. Um, you know, there's, there's all these other things that people can do. So that's my opinion in a nutshell. There's more to it, but that's the simple version. Okay. I, uh, Did I answer fair, the question? I don't know if I answered your question. Okay. Well, no, no. That's uh, what I wanted was very that's honest statement, I, and that's really what I was like. That's in in that's really how you can you Jordan the best that how you can measure the economy is how it affects you, and that's why um, 
really when when you have like a lot of these reports coming in and saying the economy is this economy is that and you're living your life the same way what does that you know what does that mean to you like why why should it what does that bigger picture mean if if you're still able to go to the store and and buy the chicken dinner like you normally do Mm -hmm. so like where where is if there is any the correlation of it affecting your life like where would it have to to hit because during this whole shutdown like you like you said the only thing that that maybe uh be the worst thing about it is that you, now you you know you can't go to the bar or you can't go to your favorite place anymore or i or i, I can't see you guys right yeah exactly Aww. we can't go to any any clubs or anything right we can't do that yeah. anymore yeah so, we like, can't do that anymore yeah Right, so I, that, that's a bit of yeah. an effective. I, I I get that, but at the same part, like where, like at what point can you start feeling empathy towards, like you know, the, the bigger picture, as it were, the, this macro economy when you're so involved in your micro economy. The only thing I can say, and I'll make it as as and and I'll make it very very short. Um, the moment when my eyes started to open a little bit about Democrat. And Republican was I was working at another company uh, back when we started uh, Movie Guys years ago, and uh, my job was to deliver masks and uniforms and stuff. And I was you know registered d- Democrat and all this stuff, and I liked Obama and everything. And we uh, I had to go and service this uh, steel mill outside of uh, Toledo, and um, I look in there, and this place that you could tell at one point in time was just this gorgeous of a place to work at and you see people with their heads down and stuff you know me i can talk to anybody and i, and I talked to a couple of guys when i'm there I'm like what's going on obama's shutting us down because this stuff's not uh, feasible for this day and age i'm 55 years old what the fuck am i gonna do you know i don't know anything about computers so i guess that started a spike that started a spike of my interest of politics Back when that happened six, seven years ago. And sure. it made me kind of feel bad for the guy who's been working there for X amount of years. And now he doesn't know what the fuck to do because the government says that his business that he works for is no longer feasible. So, yeah, it makes me feel. But why would uh, you feel something for that guy and not the four people that worked at your vape shop? I felt something for that guy, and I felt the same thing for the four people at the vape shop, and that's why I said, hey, guys, then not lie to them. And, Ed, you know me very well on this. We were at my vape shop before. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't lie to them. I said, guys, this is exactly the X amount of money that the company has in the bank account. I'm giving you all three, 50% of it, split three, all, 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 all three, four ways. Just because it sucks and I feel bad for it, but, you know, hey, but I, I, I can't do anything about it, guys. I think that they respected it because I did what I could do because the rest of it I got to do for taxes and I had to sell the shit, you know, and all that other stuff. So not a single person that I talked to about it was pissed at me. They, all right, they so understood. Then, then that old man shouldn't be pissed either, right? Uh, the guy who uh, lost a job at the steel mill? Yeah. Well, no. Pissed, pissed is just the fact of from what I'm from what I understood him saying was, well, you know, it's all about age. 
it's all about age when it comes to that argument, right? I mean, the people that I had working for me were not even 30 yet. So having them go on and get a job is very, 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 very easy compared to a guy who's been in a steel mill for the past 20-some years, and he doesn't know nothing else but that. And now it's like, guess what? Of no fault of your own, you don't have a job anymore. Best of luck. Suck a dick. See you later. They, they probably so have the same skill set, to be honest with you, Jordan. I, they probably are going to stay within the same realm of blue-collar work. Like, that's their, that's their skill. Uh, well, I hope you know, so. I just, but I just felt bad. I felt bad for both parties. You know what I mean? I felt bad for the workers that I was with, and I felt bad for the guy in the steel mill because that just sucks. It just sucks, and you don't want to hear. It. I mean, I hear it, and I've been talking. I mean, Ed hasn't talked, but like I feel bad right now about what's going on. Like I make my opinion very heard. Uh, we just got a new guy who's going to be in charge of our building, and he's all about automation. And they say within the next 10 years, they want to cut half the jobs because they want robots to do it. And then I'm the only one that's standing up there. Everybody else is taking it in the ass for some reason. But I'm the only one that's standing up there saying, no, that's not right. You have people that have been here for 20-some years, 30-some years that are working for you. You don't do that shit. But, I mean, again, I mean, this is that you shouldn't feel bad, though, right? Because the person above you doesn't feel bad. I feel bad for the fellow people that are getting shit on, but I don't feel bad because I can't control it. He owns the business. I don't. He has all to say. I do not. But those too bad for those people, right? They should just go out and, and find a new job. They should just go out there and get new work, get the boots on, and start working. In the words, in the words of a certain presidential candidate's daughter's new ad, it's time for a fresh start. Congratulations. Time to find something uh, new. So I, I, I pulled you into that one, Jordan. I apologize. I, <laughs> no, it's but, fine. It's fine. I was waiting for my opening. I was looking. I was wait, I was letting for. I was letting you guys go a little bit because I, I felt like I knew where you were going with it. So I, 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 I yeah, wanted yeah, to jump. Thanks. I, I, yeah. that, that was my debate tactic. It always has been. I, I, I kind of led you into that one a little bit. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. So, so here's 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 kind of where my thought process is with that. I let you guys talk about it because I wanted to be able to. I'm not to let the not that there was a not that you tricked him into an answer or anything like that. No, no, I no. Think no. That, I, I think that I think into the, the answer that I wanted. I think right, yeah. The the thing is 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 that like the it is nobody who receives a paycheck's fault for the way in which the business is run. They typically have no say in what goes on, and. It's not their fault if the they've spent thirty years in an industry that is is dying. It's not their fault. And again, that's the place where government comes in. They should there should be things in place to protect workers whose industries are ravaged by free market or free trade, and we should offer them free training for a similar type of job. You know, the, another perfect example, I think that where we could have gone with this is in, you know, Eric, your entire city is revolved around this same thing. Look at the auto industry. I have friends and family of mine who worked at the GM Lordstown plant for years. Some of whom are third, were third generation employees. And, when and it was it started in the 90s with NAFTA let's be fair about it 
but it was made even worse with the recent signing of NAFTA 2.0, the the American United States Canada Mexico agreement, whatever the hell it was called, that actually specifically labeled the auto industry as things that were exempt from taxes and tariffs and who were actually incentivized to move their factories from the United States to Mexico. The GM Lordstown plant, which in its la- which built things from the GMC Savannah van to the Chevy Cobalt, and the last car was the Chevy Cruze. Okay? And they had been in operation for a long time. Well, the Cruze was going out of style. I mean, the market did change. Nobody's buying small four-door sedans that aren't hybrids. But rather than build, they were, Chevy was already building the hatchback Cruze. They were already building the, the hatchback Cruze. Rather than retool the plant to rebuild the Chevy Cruze hatchback in that plant, they, so, they, just, they just up and left. And they sold it to a company who on spec is going to build electric trucks there. And they're leasing part of the plant to build parts of their parts of batteries. in because they're, they want to take the technology from this, you know, Lordstown motors and they want to take the battery technology and put it in some of their cars and trucks. That's beside the point. But all those jobs, the way these people were told first, it was, we, we cut down from three shifts to two shifts. Okay. Demand's gone. Then the way we, they were told, is that, okay, no more second shift. There's not enough demand. We're only going to have one shift. Only senior employees who choose not to take a buyout are left. Well, the final year of production for the Chevy Cruze, they didn't come out and say, hey, great news. We're going to uh, – we, we found a way to streamline production. What they did was they say, they walked in, GM execs, said, we're going to redesign the Cruze. We've got this whole new concept that is going to streamline production. And the best part about it is that we found a way to save our company so much money by doing total production in Mexico, this plant's shutting down in six months. Go find new jobs. And not only does it wreck the people's, the people's livelihoods who've worked there forever, it destroyed the entire town's economy because that building has been there for 50 years. Yeah, that, like, that, lot, so. that, that town, Lordstown, Ohio, it was literally people who worked at the plant and people who drove past the plant. Like, that was the entirety of the town. And now the bars and restaurants are all shut down. There's no economy. There's no economic development in that little town. The plant that is built there, the, the Lordstown Motors hasn't even started production yet. So there's no employees. And, and you know, and, and that's just on a small scale. Detroit, I've said a thousand yes. times over that Detroit is my most favorite town in america it is so such a beautiful underrated town and the couple of times that i've been there and eric you've you've been my host like you've shown me the beauty that is that town but in the background of every single strip mall is a giant abandoned ford factory or gm plant or pontiac or oldsmobile plant like that's the this the sky the skyscape of detroit is the skyscape of the destruction of 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 the American of the American workforce by fair by free trade and capitalism. So 
I am a free market capitalist. I fully believe that the market will always find the best solutions. But there needs to be things in place, and that's the role of government, is to take over where industry fails. And that's why I believe in things like Medicare for all. That's why I believe in a national health care plan. That's why I believe that we, as our generation, our, the government should eliminate all student loan debt because we bailed out mega corporations multiple times. Don't lie to me and say we don't have the fucking money because we do. We just pulled it out of our ass to give it to Carnival, Carnival Cruise Lines who don't even who aren't even headquartered in the United States. They just port in the United States. Like – there we we give it to people who own car dealerships but not the people who work at the car dealerships or the work at the car manufacturers like we do have the money and the entire economy revolves on debt not on actual money the way corporations and our entire current system works is on debt and the ability to borrow money not on actual money so we can do it it's fully we are fully capable of doing it and we need to have Medicare for all that would take that would eliminate thirty percent of every per, of every family in America. It would eliminate thirty percent of their monthly monthly output things that they pay for, and it would eliminate and it would eliminate large levels of debt that families have that they can't borrow and buy new things because that's how the economy works, and eliminate all student loan debt in America currently because. That's also the thing that is lim- eliminating our entire generation from being able to take part in the economy because again the entire economy is built on the ability to borrow and your and your ability to have credit so we're, we're at a crossroads though by the way jordan all that credit talk was uh in act three of hamilton i don't know if you remember that <laughs> that's not where i got it yeah. from and i haven't had the chance to sit down and watch it just yet i am uh, looking forward to but going from here then, because as both of you have mentioned before, we're, we're at this this breach, this, this approach, I'm sorry, of, of automation in the workforce. It's going to be happening. And when people are going to be uh, looking for jobs because they were replaced by automation, what's going to, what is going to be there to, to help them? You know, uh, when all they have is maybe just like a basic high school education, they're unable to afford college. And uh, in order for them to go to college, they have to go into into debt, obviously. But maybe, you know, they're not a college person. They're, they're you know, they're a, a worker. They're good with their hands or something like that, you know. And the job that they, that they were going to do, like, uh, you know, uh, whatever maybe is now – replaced by something else. A truck driver would be one, right? We've seen that before in uh, the Logan uh, Logan movie, right? Uh, where the, the trucks just kind of drove themselves. They freighted themselves across the, the country. For these people, is this something that the government should help with? Like, these are these are jobs that are, are, are the foundation of our economy because they will still exist because the companies that run them are still there. They're just going to have now more money because... They have to pay one less worker to, to do this. And so are we going to – are we okay with allowing these companies to to continue to, to obviously grow this this gap, grow even further uh, between you know the super rich and the super poor? Should there be something there? You know, I mean this is, this is going to happen real soon, right? Jordan, do you want to answer that? I don't even know where to begin on that one. Um 
Let's say no, if, I know. if I know. in five years in your job, big guy comes downstairs and says, okay, listen, half of you are gone because we have robots now. Would you be fearful of your job? Yes. Um, okay. So like what should there be some assistance? Like what, what would be your no. next step then? Uh, I go out and get a job myself. How? Everything you've done for the previous 15 years is now done by a computer. And it will ne there is nothing else that you can do. Um, what I, what I mean why. is, like, if you want to go work at a job at McDonald's, that the, key, the, the job, at the, the, the cashier's job, by the time your job at the, with a forklift, uh, Jordan, is done, like, replaced by, by, by computers... The cashier's job at McDonald's will have been gone by sev for several years, replaced by a kiosk. Drive-through workers will have been gone, replaced by kiosks. Um, the ten towns over, every single factory uh, or stocking of shelves job at Walmart will have been gone because it's been it's now done by uh, by automation. You have literally zero prospect, and I'm not saying specifically you. I'm just saying in general, like that. There is, there are no forklift jobs available because it's all done by computers now. What we're, specifically we're would you do? There's a robot class that, that's obviously coming up. I, I don't know. It sounds silly to call it a robot class, but an automated class that will have to come up. And there's, there's going to be, you know, the, the, the lower class, and then there's going to be the automated class because they would have more function than a lot of these lower class. That I just don't have the maybe the skill that uh, uh, that the automated class and obviously the efficiency as well too. The automated class is working 24 hours a day, and you have to uh, you know pay and feed and break the the other the lower class person and also give them benefits and, and be a liability. But you know, and then there's I don't even know there's going to be a middle class anymore. It, it just might be an upper class and then super upper class at that point. But that's exactly. It'll be the people who have jobs, the people who the people who work on the. It'll be the people who work on the computers and kiosks, the people who own the companies that own the computers and kiosks, and the people who do not have the capabilities of finding a job. You'll have tw you'll have eighty percent unemployment. <laughs> so where do we where do we go from from there? What what skill would you teach your, your children in school to, to maybe prevent them or help them from this? If they said they wanted to be, you know, uh, something that you feel is just like, no, 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 you should push them for greater. Like what, where's the plan? What's, what's, what's for the economy to hear? Because if it's dropping, we see how volatile it is, but it, that means it can go back up even stronger with a new type of market. Where, where is it? Yeah. Well, well, teaching is, 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 is definitely a big one that always will be there. Um, first responders is always a big thing that will always be there. Um, Amazon is a huge company that always has opportunity to grow. Uh, hey, that hey Jordan, just real quick, you off. Uh, teaching, why would you say that? Like you've seen just in the past year alone, the growth of online classes. All colleges are doing it too. Why would I even need a teacher? I, I could just print out a curriculum for, for a semester and just mail it, mail a step-by-step -step thing every day to the class or every week, you know. Here's a video. Because what we are dealing with right now is overreaction and slash extreme times. 
And once those overreactions and extreme times go away, then things will eventually fall back. No, nope. no, they, Why no, they won't. This, this facilitate. <laughs> this exact thing is the facilitation of the end. What was going to end ten years from now is now going to end in twenty twenty one. Like he's Eric is a hundred percent right. Like it right now, it does take people teaching, but a year from now. Like you're, it's, he's exactly right. Are we going to see people that get emailed every day something? Here's here's what you're learning today, and then you just fucking Google the rest. Yeah, like, like <laughs> what reason would there be to go back into school, like or university, uh, or any sort of job training or anything like that when I could just just streamline? I can cut out a lot of this resource. I don't have to have you meet, come in. I don't have, you know, we can avoid all this or uh, this person. You know, I have to rely on uh, teaching material. I can just send this out. You know, it's you, you've cut out so much as a business. You, you're saving so much more on this. I don't see why you wouldn't. Uh, because to me, and you're both going to disagree with me, and that's fucking fine. But to sit here and say that the institution of universities across this nation is not going to revert on on college campus classes with professors, fraternities, sororities, sporting events, everything that goes along with college, I will disagree with you uh, to the end of days. Uh, I just I will I cannot see that. I will not understand that. And there's nothing anybody can say to change my mind on that. Well, oh, just just let me say let me let me just say this one thing. I know this would have come out of left field a year ago when I retired from Movie Guys podcast, but as the one of the three of us that has school aged children that live in their house, these kids every single day they woke up after coronavirus hit and the schools were out were were done. They woke up every single morning, they got on their tablets, they saw exactly what they had to do for the day, and they just did it. And they got all their homework done and they turned it in. Now, I, I understand that they're a rarity. Most kids would never even come close to doing that. But they, like, there was a, like, the teacher, the, their teacher had a, had an hour-long video some days, other days they didn't. But let's just say that they plan for online learning all year so their teacher does one hour of work the night before then reads all the emails and, and gives an idea but what one person was doing for 30 kids one person can now do for 150 right because you're you, you record an hour let's say you record three hours worth of videos a night so it cuts out the 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 need for all all these teachers you're literally somebody you're literally a customer service rep who takes video selfies about the fucking the about the the Potsdam conference, and and then the ne- and then the, you're done, you're done. You go and is- you go drive you go drive Uber Uber or DoorDash or something for the rest of the day. That's where that teachers world, are going to happen. That is that is a world that I do not want to be in. That's where we're going, Jordan. You're That's exactly where we're going. I will yeah. not accept it. I will not accept it. I have no reason to talk about it anymore because I will not accept it. You don't. You, you have no choice. It. The same reason that I you don't have a choice, choice but to you, you don't have a choice but to accept the fact that your boss came down and says, you know, we're going to have fifty percent less forklift drivers because I just spent ten million dollars on on computers, even though the last time it didn't work out, the new guy sold me on it. And we're going to do it right this time. You know, they're for the same reason that you have no choice but to accept that. You have no choice but to accept the fact that your daughter 
might go to a school online that today doesn't exist because that's where all the money's going. And that is a sad fucking world. Well, but yeah, you got to realize the, the you at the same time though, guys. Like, let's let, let's let's be honest. The pieces of technology that the three of us are currently speaking on has you have access to every piece of information that has ever been written, will ever be written, and 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 it talks to fucking outer space in a matter of seconds. And the three of us are hundreds of miles away from each other, capable of having a real-time conversation with the 40-plus people who have been listening to this show from all over the world. Like, we, this is the world we live in now. And it just hit a lot faster and a lot more unexpectedly than we were anticipating. But I hate to say it, somebody like Andrew Yang was right. The automation age is here. Like it or not, it's just where we are. It's the Money goes where money is most efficient. And it is more efficient for the the guy that owns the trucking company to buy $10 million worth of trucks that get where they need to be without having to take breaks because they can get those three more trips in a week because they didn't have to take breaks. Right. Right. Yeah. No accidents. No insurance coverage is needed. Like their, their liabilities go down. It's one time initial cost that saves that will, that not only that will save them and, save them exponentially, but make them twice as much money in the same amount of time frame. Like this is the world in which not we're not, we're moving into. I would have said that a year ago. I would have said we're moving there 10 years from now. It's the world in which we currently reside. Maybe the, 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 the automated trucks are, or are, are further away than what I'm, I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there, there well, are drive through kiosks where I live now. There, there are drive-through kiosks where I live now. Like you drive through, you don't talk to a person. You want you you drive your car up to the drive-through. You click on the things that you want, and then you go up to a window, and it's at the window. Yeah, like that exists here now. So, so out of those solutions, then like, okay, uh, you, UBI is, is is one solution that was presented. Is that, mm-hmm. Jordan, do you think that that's a viable solution? We all got stimulus checks this year, right? Yeah, yes. We only got one, but we should have received, we should have all been members of the Yang Gang when that occurred. Like, we should, we should have been put on, on UBI like the rest of the world was for a year. But let's say it gets, it gets worse. We get, we get COVID twenty one next year, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So let's say that 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 hits, and now we're even more. And now, unfortunately, these these businesses, a lot of these businesses, uh, especially food and drink, have really taken a hit. And where where are they left with now? Is is UBI a, a an answer? Is a because a, a bailout can't keep on happening, right? So uh, if you were to, to, to do that, uh, universal basic income, his plan was, was tax-based, based, based uh-huh. on, uh, on mixed market uh, results, uh, economy results from the highest earners, right? There would be uh-huh. a tax percentage based on what you had earned, and it would grow based within your margin or your bracket or whatever I think he had said, right? So sure. is, is that – 
something right now. Now, Jordan, you may disagree with this. I'm curious to know because that means that basically if you won big this year and you got all the money, that means uh, you would have to be taxed more than the other guy. Are you, are you asking me or are you asking Jordan? Uh, that is Jordan first because uh, um, uh, I think he, he was, you know, on the other view. Okay, of that, but. gotcha. No, uh, the person should not be taxed more. No. Well, no, he's asking about universal basic income. Do you support like? Do you support no. the government essentially giving folks who are unable no. to work no. for all people no. in America? No, 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 okay, no, a thousand billion times no. Okay, so uh, just. If you had uh, a thought, what should should uh, what should be the economic solution to if we have like this uh, this this horrible depression again, where people are just uh, like it's a, it's people are in bread lines. Don't have an answer. At least you're honest. Answer. I appreciate your honesty. Appreciate yeah, the honesty, answer. really. It, it's I'm not it's a happened before, though, right? Like the economy has it's crashed, asked. the stock market has crashed before. So, and uh, we, we've seen we've seen other markets in the globe as well too. We've seen Greece crash as well too. Like, so um, is this something that we can learn from? Is there? I don't know what else. To, I, I, yeah, suck it up. Like, I, I, guys, I don't know what. I mean, I don't want government involved. I still have that stimulus money in my savings account. I haven't touched it. Do you okay. know why? You know why I feel, you know why and my wife and I thought about it for weeks. I said, you know why we're not gonna spend it, honey? Why, honey? Because they're gonna fucking get it back from us anyway. No, hey, they're not taxes. That's that, oh, that, bulls, no no bulls, no 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 nope 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 that was part of the negotiation process. You that is you are not taxed, it does not increase it does not increase your tax your tax bracket. That money was received and no longer it, it does it will it was you got ghosted by that money. You got it, you got <laughs> you used it and it's gone. I do like, not uh, do not believe I, I, I do not believe I, I just want to know uh, from a perspective Jordan, like where, where, at one point, I, I completely respect your, um, your ideal for, uh, um, albeit, uh, selfish. I don't mean to mean it's like a negative thing, but it's just, you know, you're about you and your family. You guys are number one. And if it's not hurting you, then why should you have to get out of your chair? You know, um, you know, that's, you know, if you're in a, I, I get what you mean. Like you're you're in a bar and the fight's going over there. Why should I have to be worried about my my shit over here? You know, because no. because Eric, I have seen time and time again in my life. Ed has been there for a few of them. I'm only family. Ed is not my friend. Ed is my brother. Eric, you are not my friend. You are my brother. I take very much pride into who I have involved in my life because everybody else has tried to fuck me in some way and somehow, and not a single one of them would pay my bills, put food on my table, put diapers on my kid. They don't care. So since so, they don't care, I don't care. I, I guess what it's I'm trying to, to find is, is, just the, is just the line then. Is, is your 
Is it is it just money when if they mess with your livelihood? Um, is it is it a health thing if if you're to take away your your means of service like if or for benefits or something like that? Would that be a, a cutoff here too? Like, what would be if there's anything that could hurt my family from living comfortably? I don't know. Comfortably is a very broad term, but comfortably, just for the sake of argument, and my definition is there's food on the table. The lights are on. Everybody's clothed. You know, like we can pay our bills. You know what I mean? Hey, mm-hmm. comfortably is not, hey, let's go and buy that Apple Watch. You don't fucking need an Apple Watch. You know what I mean? Like as long as I'm able to make my family survive, right, kind of thing. So if would somebody you, comes, okay, go ahead. Where would the blame go then if something had changed? If uh, – um. Maybe like you let like go if I because, take away my shirt. or or maybe maybe there was a government influence of some sort that uh, regulated some bullshit in the state of Ohio. I, I I don't know, or or something had changed, you know, like, uh, like then the government would be to blame. The government would be to blame because if they're the ones, whoever is the person or party that put uh, said policy in place that hurts my family. Or my inner circle of family, hence you two, uh, then I would be outraged and disgusted. Yeah. So just to dive into that one just a little bit, Jordan, and I hate I hate to make this whole show feel like we're attacking you because that's not the intent. It's just I don't, I don't think we are. I'm sorry to no, tell you, I'm just talking. No, no. You know, yeah. Perspective. yeah. It's it's my question then. And I do, Jordan. I feel the same way about you. Like you're, you, you and Eric, you you are you are brothers. You're not just friends. We have been that way for for a long time. The three of us have seen each other at our at our highest and our lowest. So we can have these frank conversations, and hopefully nobody gets offended. There are times where you and I, particularly our last show, where we might mf each other and get really mad at each other. But we're you know we talk about it, and it is what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. but my Absolutely. point is, 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 yeah, my point is, is just to piggyback off of what, what Eric's saying, like, essentially, if, if there's a line somewhere, like, there has to be a line with you, and if you're saying that that line is within your bubble, as long as nothing inside of your bubble is affected, then fuck everything else. And I don't mean to say that crassly, I mean that, that, He's just trying to get a worldly a worldview perspective on on where your thought like where your thought process is and where it always be will it always be. So, if if I can put it another way, if okay. as long as okay. as long as not as long as nothing in your snow globe is shaken upside down and there's no snow being flip flowing around, you're happy, you're comfortable. That's all that matters. The th- the first thing that shakes up the snow globe. Who, regardless of whose fault it is, that's the problem. And yes, sometimes it's the fault of the government. Sometimes it's the fault of the guy next door whose dog shit in your yard, or maybe it's the the fault of of a government regulation who shut down your your best friend's business, or et cetera, et cetera. Like that's is that where the line is? Is like I'm here, and as long as I'm here, and my friends are there. Like wherever everybody is, as long as everything is in its current place with those with about whom I care the most, that's where I am happy and I and fuck everything else. Um, I guess to put it bluntly, then yes. Okay. Yes. No. Hmm. 
so that I mean, and that, and, and you know, and I respect that, Jordan. I just fundamentally disagree. It's just my my. That's the difference between me and in in your politics is, you know, there are things that may not directly affect me, but I feel like universal health care, for example, doesn't put my health care down. It just makes everybody else's better. It's or you know, like when we talked when we talked last episode, like saying black lives matter doesn't mean white lives don't matter. It just means black lives matter too. Or when you're saying things like that's just, that's just my fundamental, that's our fundamental level of difference is, is helping others doesn't mean that myself is brought down versus those currently at the top only feel as though they should be brought up and there should be policies in place to keep them up and fuck everybody else that's my perspective on the world and i think eric and i share at least the similar concept of of the drivers of the economy in that way and at least we can understand like there here's where we are now like para, like in our in our own parallel universes i guess seeing the world from different we see the world from the same perspective we just have different levels of empathy i guess I'm also even with that though. I I agree with Jordan on many of things too. Uh, like uh, as much as a lot of people don't like to admit it, I'm the same way. Where it's just like, no, I'm about me. I really don't care uh, care about you type of thing. But that's uh-huh. that's that's just the the human nature of it. Uh, I'd say for anybody else, you you know, you are your own. You are your highest priority, unless probably there's, there's kids involved. And I'd imagine that they're probably the highest, and then yourself. But you know, it's still in that family of of your own relativity. Uh, that's where your priorities are, right? So when you hear um, about how a company mismanaged something and they had to pay for it, and then everyone else in that in that pyramid had to fall underneath too, you go, "Oh man, well that sucks." Well, maybe they shouldn't. And it's easier just to write that off because it's just like, "Ooh, dodged another bullet there," type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But the well, fact I, is I that it could happen just as easily to you as it did with them. And, and, you know, I guess, I, I guess that's maybe sort of then my different level of empathy on these things. Like my, my heart breaks when I hear of a cracker plant getting shut down for any reason, whether it's because a, that company fucking flooded the, the local river with chemicals and destroyed an entire ecosystem or because the government said, well, we're no longer drilling for natural gas where it's illegal now, whatever the purpose may be. And, and I'm within several, like several hundred cracker plants and fracking facilities and, and, and Coke plants with, within, within an hour's drive in either, in any direction. So like, I feel for those people, but I, I, my thought process is more along the lines like I feel for the people who received a paycheck from these companies because it could equally happen to me. Sure. And I wouldn't expect anybody to feel bad for me, but I'm going to feel for them and let's figure out a way to make sure that they're, that those workers were protected from the negligence of the corporation and find a way to protect this from ever happening to anybody else ever again. Let's be, let's re, be reactive, but also proactive. And I feel That's just that my thought no, matter, process. and I feel that no matter what happens, no matter how many regulations, how many times people protest, no matter what, 
it's always going to happen again. We're having this discussion now. Uh, there's going to be another company that's going to close again in the future that's going to cost hundreds of people their jobs. Uh, there's something so, we can do about it. Well, should 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 a company stunt growth to to for the betterment of their employees? Like no. if, if there is a new whoa, whoa. resource or a new technology or a new innovation that allows a company to take a giant leap into something, a new endeavor, like, is that something it wouldn't, it, it would hurt a lot of people. Yeah. But it also at the same time might help. As well, whoa, but like killing an industry is, is I'm sorry to, to killing an industry. Oh, might be the part. So these, the steel mills or anything else like that, we're killing like those resources to, to help uh, uh, to go towards more uh, um, reasonable resources, more more logical resources that you know aren't as uh, toxic or whatever the hell. Why wouldn't that be embraced? So so here's the thing with with that. Number one, I agree with the concept. With when you when when you when you clarified your meaning, I I I, I can agree with that. Like. There should be the only people who are upset about those things are the people who work there in the first place. Like if you're gonna shut if you're gonna shut down a a a uh, a coke plant or a or natural gas facility or a fracking plant or a cracker plant, like if you're gonna shut down these natural gas that deplete natural resources and hire the employees in its place to plant hemp, like okay, like that's that's fine. Like that's there's nothing there, that's that's acceptable, but. When, when the the problem on the first part of that, if when when a company risks things for growth at the, at the sake of we have huge growth potential over here, but yes, we might shut down. The only ones that are ever negatively affected by that are small businesses, and the reason is they don't have enough political clout to receive bailouts. Look so at Boeing. There be a government Look, safety net. For a small business, not for an individual, maybe, but like, you know, if something fails or or if an industry were to change, as it were, and leave a bunch of people out like that, is it up to the business to, to take the fault on that, or should the government step in? So, like, so, so I am a, I am a free. I, no, sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to I, I am a free market capitalist. I believe in taking risks. With high rewards, but also high risks. If you are a multi-bazillion-dollar corporation, who, let's say, for example, takes large-scale levels of risk on subprime mortgages, you give large-scale amounts of money to people who have a history of not being able to pay back the amount of money they do borrow, while simultaneously giving them more money than they're financially capable of borrowing, and then. To negate that risk, you package all of these bad ones with all of these good ones, and then you sell it. Like you should not be protected in that in that example. We've seen that if you do that, it's okay. It's perfectly acceptable because the government's going to just bail you out. They're going to give you 1.7 as an industry trillion dollars when you destroy an entire housing market and fucking economy because you're big giant banks. But if you are ABC cookie factory and you're like, you know what? I want to experiment with this new chocolate I found. 
or new chocolate way to make chocolate we discovered. And it doesn't taste good, but I've, but it, it doesn't taste good, but I've put all of my money and all of my effort into this new chocolate that's going to make these cookies. And I fuck it. I, I ruined it. I fucked it up. It's the worst decision in the history of the world. My business goes under because I didn't have the political clout or the money to protect myself. But it, you're more than free to, you know, Nestle can make, can, or let's go back, Coke can go back to new, or yeah, new Coke can can steal Pepsi's recipe, fuck up their entire brand image. And it's like, all right, we're just going to file for bankruptcy. No big deal. We'll just sell this, that, that, that. And here we go. Like, we're, we're good to go. Jordan, uh, uh, how about that question then? Should businesses be allowed to fail then? Should there be no more government bailouts? Um, I was totally against when uh, the Obama administration bailed out the auto industry. And I'm completely that, against um, – uh, I yeah, it was, it was the Bush administration. It was so the Bush administration bailed out the banking industry. The Obama administration, as they were coming in, had no choice but to bail out the auto industry because of precedent that had been set. And they were they just had taken office, so they did bail out the auto industry. Um, and now we've and so that those are the two things. It, one, it, it was because of the bailout of the financial industry that we had to bail out the auto industry. I, I think um, if I'm correct, if, I, I, really, I, I, like, I think in our generation, boys, um, we have seen in every administration there has been a bailout in every in every one. There is. Yes. And if and if the and if the Trump administration bails out Boeing, I'll be just even more disgusted. Uh, that is not America's fault. That's the fault of the business and the CEOs and the people that make millions of dollars a year. That's your problem, not ours. The government, our tax money, because the government gets their funding from us. Well, and here, here's where I'm going to disagree with that point. Now, I am not a proponent of bailing out any company. So when I say I'm not a proponent of that, or we, our government is not funded on our tax dollars. You need to understand that. Local government is your city, your county, your state. Our federal government and the the uh, the budget that they have every year, they pay their due their they print money. Like they literally if you if they are at a deficit of $1 10 trillion dollars, 40 bazillion infinite Google dollars, whatever it is, let's make up a number that doesn't exist yet, right? It, they can meet their fiduciary responsibilities because they literally print money. And we've seen that you can literally pull money out of thin air that we're told doesn't exist and and pay for whatever it is that you feel that you need to pay for at any given time at the federal level. Our tax dollars do not fund the federal government. Our tax dollars fund your state, city, and county. And they have no choice but to ask the federal government to print more to find to finance their windfalls. So it is a fallacy to think that our federal government is funded by tax dollars. So then why do we get charged federally then on our taxes every year? Hmm. So you get you get charged to make up for the rich people who don't pay for taxes. You do pay federal income tax. You do. But everything else that is done 
like the things that when you have your debt, your the amount of money that this that the federal government receives every year in your taxes, and the amount of money they pay for, the difference is literally they just literally print the money. They print the difference. Okay. So okay. yes, you pay your federal taxes, but they 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 literally print the difference. Well, guys, we've gone on for exactly two hours. This is our show. Uh, we appreciate everybody that has listened to us live here on Podbean. And, of course, uh, you can always listen to this uh, show being recorded afterwards if you did not get a chance to check it out live. This is our fourth episode of the, of the Rust Belt Political Podcast, one episode a month leading up to the election. Next episode will be episode five in August. We may have another special guest host for that too. We don't know, but Eric, I thoroughly enjoyed you having here, having you on here, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, boys. It was fun. It was fun. Thank bringing you so the band much for joining. We, 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 yeah, man, I missed you. I missed you. It was like it was like always good. It it was like Backstreet Boys coming back together for the reunion tour. Backstreet's back. Everybody, uh, yeah, right. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check us out on all the social media platforms and also on MovieGuysPodcast at Podbean.com. Eric and Ed, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, for us, Pet Political Podcast, we'll be, next, we'll be back next month in August for Episode 5. Have a good evening. <laughs>